Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Welcome in episode 74, Blue Jays Nation Radio, Tyler Ramtra, Cam Lewis. As always, the pod is brought to you by DoorDash, Ding Dong, promo code BJNPODDD. For gets first-time users of the app, 25% off and no delivery fees. Coomzy, that was not an enjoyable series. What, the uh, the playoff series that you're watching in Los Angeles or the, currently or the Blue Jays series? <laughs> Both, not enjoyable right now. <laughs> you sound you sound pretty banged up right now. You want to... You wanna, let everybody know what's going on. <laughs> oh, well, I'm just in LA, you know, with the Oilers nation crew watching a little bit of hockey. Um, my voice is a little raspy, obviously um, that would happen after watching a couple of playoff games in a road city and yelling at the people of Los Angeles consistently. But uh, yeah, no, that, that would explain the raspy voice cam. And you went to a Los Angeles angels baseball game. What's the, what's the scouting yes. report there? Are they actually good? Oh, well, they got waxed on the game we went to. It was like 7-3 for the Nationals. Um, But Shohei Otani in person is so cool. Like watching that guy play, he only had the one hit and he was DHing, but still just like getting to see him live was like a sporting fan bucket list moment. I really enjoyed it. And that stadium is beautiful. Have you ever been? It is. It's it's in the middle of nowhere. Like it's, it's kind of a bit of a trek to get there. And, you know, Dodger Stadium is obviously the better location yeah. and the better aesthetic. But uh, Angel Stadium's a vibe, too. It's super chill. And then they get the rally monkey going. It's pretty fun. Yeah, like it did take an hour to get out there from like downtown yep. Los Angeles. So that was a bit of a pain in the ass. But like once you're out there and you're in the stadium, I don't know, like the fountain's cool. When they hit a home run, they got like the smoke and the flames shooting out as well. Like Angels fans seem to be pretty cool. The whole vibe of the stadium was like actually really neat. Did you go to Disney after? Or before? I should have. Hey, no, we uh, no Disneyland. You should have done the whole Anaheim experience. That's a shame. Yeah, that would that would have been good content. Like the Oilers Nation boys take on Disneyland, you know, get their photo with Mickey and whatnot. Um, But anyways, let's get back to the task at hand. And that is recapping a series that was uh, very far from ideal for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, dropping three. Oh my Lord, Coombsy. My voice is already giving out We're like two minutes in. I'm going to have to carry this one. Eh? <laughs> yeah, you are absolutely going to have to carry this one. Uh, but the Jays dropped three or four to the Cleveland Guardians. And, you know, you had Barrios' struggles in game one. The offense is still kind of sputtering along. We were, I was hoping that a Teoscar Hernandez return would really spark them. And he was good. 
Um, but still like the offense, it's weird that this is still a concern. Yeah, it was a really unfortunate series because we all had this circled on our calendars as the kind of the light spot at the end of the difficult stretch. They went into the 20 games and 20 days exclusively against playoff teams. It was Boston, Houston, Boston, Houston, the Yankees. And then you get to the end of it and it's Cleveland. And we all just sort of thought, okay, Cleveland's not very good. They're just going to roll over and the Jays are going to, you know, take three or four here. No problem. And that's not what happened. Cleveland's not that bad. I mean, they have a pretty good pitching rotation. They're underperforming a bit as many pitchers are, but their offense is really quite good. It's a very different Cleveland team than the one, you know, we've known in the past. Like think about the 2016 team, which was almost all pitching. You know, they had a bit of offense, but it was all those huge pitchers that were impossible to hit and Andrew Miller in the bullpen. But now they have you know, what was like six guys batting with like an OPS over 900 and the Jays have, you know, not a single one, not even Vladdy and George Springer, who are really the only guys hitting. They're not even up there. So yeah, Cleveland are a pretty decent team and the way the Jays are rolling right now, you know, they're not going to roll over anybody. If the Jays are playing the way they are right now and they go into a series against Baltimore, they're not going to roll over Baltimore. And that's just the reality is the Jays haven't yeah. come anywhere close really recently to playing up to their potential. And that's largely comes down to the bats. I mean, the pitching has been pretty good this year so far. It's been probably about where you'd expect it to be. It could be a bit better, but you know, not terrible, better than where it was last year. And then the bats have yeah. just been non-existent. It's, it's, it's been shocking to see because it's been a month now. Yeah, like we're and we're going to do like a little month recap here. But yeah, I just if you would have told me 30 days ago that, hey, the big storylines are going to be the Blue Jays bats just not being able to get going. I, I wouldn't have believed you like that. It shouldn't be a problem for this baseball team with the depth they have. Like we even I think we talked about this in our season yep. preview. It was like, hey, you know, even if someone gets hurt, even if someone's struggling, they're so deep that they should be able to kind of pick each other up and keep rolling. And I'm just. I'm flabbergasted that this lineup can't consistently produce offense better than they currently are. And like, you know, they had a couple of okay games. Like you score five in the opening loss to Cleveland, you score eight in game one of the double header. Like, yeah, that's all good. But again, this should have been a series that the Jays took three or four of from not a yeah. series where they're dropping three or four. You oh know? yeah. hundred percent. The, the first start, you know, on Thursday night, Brios has a rough go, but it's still a completely winnable game. I mean, Cleveland yeah. put six runs on the board and the Jays went, I think one for 10 in that game with runners in scoring position. They almost pulled off a comeback in the seventh inning. They leave guys on base. And it's the same thing in the Sunday game. Like Manoa, he doesn't have his best stuff, but he still, you know, grinds through five innings and only allows two runs more than more than fine for winning. Cleveland ends up scoring four runs all told. And the Jays, only score three and it looked in the first inning like they were gonna you know blow the uh, like kick yeah. the door down against some random spot starter that cleveland brought up but again the there's just no killer instinct bats just don't drive the runs in and it's yeah it's it's crazy shocking to see and like you said we we said the strength of this team was is they can pretty much navigate an injury to anybody and that's very clearly not the case right now because you know Teoscar got hurt and the entire lineup imploded there's only two guys hitting like you have Vladdy Jr and George Springer OPS of 882 and 858 respectively and then the next best guy for an everyday player is Espinal at 790 Jeez. and then it's Zach Collins at 733 and everybody else is under 700 you have Chapman Alejandro Kirk Lourdes Gurriel and Bo Bichette just way below where they're supposed to be and you can't have that many guys going cold at the same time. And they got to turn it around in a hurry here because this is an important week. Like, again, we talked about the big stretch with the 20 playoff teams and all that, or 20 games against playoff teams. 
but you have the Yankees and the Rays coming up this week. And it's not like the Jays are really in a spot. And I, I'm trying not to sound like overreactiony or hot takey, but like, this is one of those weeks that we'll probably look back on at the end of the season and be like, it defined the 2021 or sorry, 2022 season for the Toronto blue Jays, because you you've already dropped two or three to the Yankees a week ago. You can't go into, even though it's a two game set, you can't go into that and not hit and drop two more games to them. That's just, that can't be an option for this team right now. They're too good to allow that to happen. No, they have to do well in these head to heads. And yeah, it's not an ideal time to be getting cold. Cause like you said, it's Yankees yeah. and then Tampa, the Rays are killing it right now. They're, they're on fire and that's five in a row. The team's, you know, 17 and 13 yeah. You're going into a five game stretch against, I would argue are the best two teams in the American league. I still think the Jays are right up there as well. I think all three of the best teams in the league are in the American league East Yankees, Rays and blue Jays. But you know, you're, you're, you're four games over 500 now and you go into this five game stretch and you do uh say like a one and four, for example, and you're right there at 500. And that's really not where you want to be just uh, like in mid May, especially given the start the team had too. like, they weren't playing their best, but they won a bunch of games. They maybe shouldn't have, you know, think about opening day, that comeback, all of these tight one run games that Jordan Romano pretty much, you know, he was, outrageously good for a few weeks there, then you don't want to throw that away. You got off to such a good start. You don't want to just lose it now. You want to just like find a way to grind out some wins. You're not at your best right now, but just find a way to score some runs and win these head to heads. They're so important. They're, they're very important. Uh, another thing here, we're going to get into a three up three down kind of recapping the first month of the season, but uh Hunjin Ryu got uh, not good down in Buffalo. Hey, yeah, it wasn't exactly what you'd like to see. So Ryu does a spot start and goes four innings, allows five hits, two earned runs. But the positive thing is he didn't walk anybody and he, allowed, and he struck out six guys. So that's a nice strikeout to walk ratio. But <laughs> five hits, a lot of which was loud contact in AAA is not exactly what you want to see. So not overly encouraging stuff from Ryu just yet. 20 games in 20 days against playoff teams plus Cleveland. They go 11 and nine. Um, I saw bad, you put right? out a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw you even put out a tweet and you said on a scale of thumbs up to thumbs down with whatever emoji you'd like, how do you feel about the Blue Jays season here? And I, I one, the response is great because our followers always come through with that. But what's your emoji response, Coomzy, to the first month of the season? Uh, there's a few good ones so far. There's the, the one guy. I love I just, how we're going to attempt to describe we're going to attempt to describe emojis on a podcast as well. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to, this is, this is, I didn't really think this through and I did something very visual, but I mean, if you want to go and see, just go to the tweet. I did it today and you'll see all the yeah. replies, but I think one that actually is, is kind of fitting here is the sleeping emoji that kind of shows where they've been lately. I wouldn't say that's where they were in the first couple of weeks of the year when they were coming back from, you know, seven run leads. But yeah. there's another one is the guy holding his chin and doing the thinking I think is a good one too, because the team's been yeah. kind of all over the grid. And then someone else here has the clown emoji. There's also the face that is the face that has no mouth. That's a pretty good one too. A face palm one. Um, Someone posted. Uh, someone posted the scale. I don't really know what the scale means. Yeah, someone like, had the hourglass thing, and I took that as like you know, time's ticking time? here. Like we got to pick it up. Uh, is it? Let's go. I don't think it is. That's. Yeah, I, I think it's really a little accurate. too early for that. I don't think you usually like to draw major conclusions about the team after just one month. Usually, after two months, you can draw yeah. some pretty big conclusions. Like we can draw some conclusions by now, but I would say, yeah, my face for right now is probably. 
probably the neutral face. It's been it's been a bit. Or how about how about how about the roller coaster emoji? Because that's what it's been so far. It's been it's been a bit of a that's fucking a ride. One. It feels like it's been longer than a month. I will say that. Yeah, um, it, it really does. Uh, so looking at the Blue Jays after a month, they're seventeen and thirteen, slightly better than last year where they were 16 and 14. Uh, you got some other numbers here to kind of round up and recap how, how the Jays are sitting after 30 days or just over 30 days of baseball. Yeah. So the runs per game is obviously the hugely different part this year from last. And it's, you know, anybody can point this out right now. The Jays are at 3.83 runs per game, which is slightly below league average. You do not expect this offense to be slightly below league average. I don't know if we necessarily expected them to do 5.29 runs per game. Like they did all told last year, given, you know, you don't have, Marcus Semien in your lineup, putting up an MVP caliber season. You maybe don't expect Vladdy to necessarily have the same season he did last year, but I think we all thought the Jays were going to have an above average offense. And I imagine it will round into shape eventually and become that offense. But then the pitching also slightly below league average, but pretty much in line with where it was last year. They have a 3.83 ERA so far through a month and they had a 3.91 ERA all told last year. I kind of thought the pitching was going to be a bit better. It's a bit surprising to see that it's below average all told. But then again, if you also look at it, like it's been so all over the grid. I mean, Kevin Gosman's been literally unhittable, looks like a Cy Young candidate. Alec Manoa's put up a quality start in all but one outings. And even that one outing this weekend wasn't that bad. But then you also have, you know, Ryu and Kikuchi have been lit up a few times. Uh, Some other guys in the bullpen have also been lit up. Like it seems like when it rains, it really does poor for the Jays when they have a bad bullpen game. They allow, you know, seven runs. And that's just the way it is. I think it kind of inflates the team ERA a little bit. I think their pitching has shown to be a little bit better than that number shows, but still all told, I mean, below average in both categories. It's not really what you want to see after a month, but we won't draw two sweeping conclusions. It's been, there's been enough positives to grab that. I don't think, I don't think anyone should be anywhere near panicking personally. Well, so we're doing our three up, three down for kind of the season as a whole. And that's the first down is the inconsistent pitching. So in Kikuchi, he's got a good start under his belt, but inconsistent. Ryu, same thing. Now he's hurt. Barrios has been also inconsistent. And that's the concerning one for me and not concerning in the sense that I don't think he can bounce back because I certainly think he can. But concerning from the perspective of this guy's supposed to be our ace, right? Like if there was one guy in the rotation who I really wasn't get, like at beginning of the season. If I would have asked you rank the Blue Jays starters in terms of who you're the most confident in, Barrios would have been at the top of the list for me. Gosman's coming back into the AL East, and I know he's got a great track record. He had some good years out in San Fran, all that stuff, but he wouldn't have been above Barrios. Manoa would have been eight. He's a young arm. You don't know what you're going to get in year two when people suddenly have deeper and more in-depth scouting reports on him. So Manoa wouldn't have been at the top of the list, and Kikuchi and Ryu certainly wouldn't have. So Barrios, like if we're talking about the first down, being that three pitchers have been inconsistent for them. The Barrios angle of it is stunning to me. Yeah. The Barrios thing is, is definitely the most worrying of the rotation. I think uh, Ryu has been disappointing because we hoped he would bounce back or at least be like playable. But (laughs) the way it looked through his first couple starts is that he's no longer a big league pitcher. But I mean, again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to draw that conclusion just yet. We're a ways away. Kikuchi's a number five starter, whatever it is, what it is. You're going to get some bad starts. It's not in the world, but Jose Barrios, this is, um, you know, this is the guy the Jays signed to a seven-year contract, the biggest contract for a pitcher in franchise history. And you look at his baseball savant page and everything is blue, which means he's in the poor category, except for 
you know, his chase rate's been pretty good and that's kind of what saved him from really struggling. But, you know, the opposing exit velocity is really high. The hard hit percentage is very high. The expected batting average, the expected slugging percentage, the expected OPS barrel rate, all of it is very high. And he's been the benefactor of very good defense. And that's worrying. You look at all the metrics too, like uh, the velocity is kind of the same Um, spin rates, pretty similar to last year. And it's just, it's very puzzling as to why, He's kind of getting teed up a little bit. I would wonder if he's pitching through some kind of injury or if he has a blister or something like that. I've seen people mention that on Twitter. I don't know the mechanics of pitching well enough to Mm. see the very slight differences uh, (laughs) between when he was doing well last year and and now. But that's definitely the most worrying one for me. And again, I'm not going to draw a conclusion after a month, but I'm not too devastated to see Ryu and Kikuchi be ho-hum. But you really do not want to see Jose Barrios struggling the way he has been so second down is the bats and uh you had a couple of guys highlighted specifically in terms of players who are struggling for me it's sort of the similar thing to the pitching where you know you can talk about how a chapman is struggling and things like that but i'm stunned that a that boba shets off to the start that he is like this is a guy who again should have been a consistent driver of this offense and obviously you can't pin offensive struggles on one player in baseball that's not how this works but Bo has really, really been fighting it at times this year. Yeah, Bo does not look the same at the plate at all as we've seen him throughout his career. I don't remember Bo going on a prolonged cold streak like this ever before, to be honest with you. Um, the two the two other ones that kind of stand out are Guriel and Chapman. Like, we hope that Chapman could come in and provide something similar to the offense that Semyon did last year. I think we were kind of hoping, okay, this is going to be an aggregate thing. Chapman's going to come in and be pretty good. And then we're going to get knock on wood, healthy George Springer. And that's also going to compensate uh, for the loss of Semyon. But, you know, Chapman and Guriel, two guys who are historically and notoriously streaky guys, they strike out a lot. It is what it is. But with Bo, it's like, man, he's walked five times and struck out 34 times. His, yeah, his on-base percentage is 267. Yeah, he's just, he's not getting on bases. He doesn't look, he looks lost at the plate. Like it looks like every time he comes up, no matter where the first pitch is, he's going to swing no matter what. And not only is he swinging at, you know, a hard slider that, busts down and it's really hard to hit. And it's like, oh, fuck, you got to tip your hat. That was a great pitch. He's swinging through like fastballs and it's just something you never see. And it kind of makes you wonder, like, you know, when Dante Bichette was on the bench and he was working with guys, you know, they were hitting a lot better. I mean, I know he wasn't around last year. It was the 2020 COVID season, but <laughs> it's, it's an interesting question to ask. Does the team kind of miss that coaching from Dante Bichette? I don't know. Like, <laughs> but it's, it's most specifically about. miss it even, right? Like you'd imagine it's his daddy still talking to him and whatnot, but right. Maybe having him around was like a bigger benefit than we thought it was. Yeah, the Dante Bichette was on the radio recently. I think it was last week, maybe two weeks ago. He was talking about Bo's struggles, and he he pointed out very clearly. He was like, Bo's pressing. He's trying way too hard to do too much. Like, he's really got to simplify and stop trying to hit a five-run home run every time he comes up to bat. Like, shorten the swing, take a few pitches. That's another thing. The Jays are, it seems like they don't take any pitches. It seems like. They're not good at working counts. No, not at all. It seems because they're, 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 their strikeout rate is so high and their walk rate is so low. It's so different than last year. Yeah. And last year they saw so many pitches and they would burn the other team's starter out by the fifth inning. And that's not happening now. It's Dude. it's a completely different approach. It reminds me, it actually kind of looks a lot like uh, the early 2010s Jays when you had guys like Brett Lowry and Colby Rasmus in the lineup and they would just swing at everything. 
And it, it kind of reminds me of that. But again, I'm going to say this 9 million times. because I don't want to yeah. get called out for being a fucking hot take artist or overreacting, but it's been a month, but geez, yeah. like a lot of, a lot of really, really disappointing trends so far. They'll probably turn it around, but oof. Uh, third down, the Yankees are good. That's no bueno. Yeah, that fucking sucks. It's it's a shame. Uh, the Red Sox have fallen off a cliff. They're ten and nineteen. Um, they could bounce. At least back. one of the good teams in this division is bad, right? Like at least yeah. we're getting that one. At least one team's bad, but to offset that, you've got the Twins bouncing back. They're eighteen and eleven to make the wild card a little bit more complicated, and then the Angels are also nineteen and eleven. So. Through a month, what you have is the Yankees and Rays look amazing. They're one and two in the AL. In my opinion, the White Sox have struggled a bit. I don't think Cleveland's that bad. Minnesota's 18 and 11. So there's three teams in the mix, I think, in the Central as well that could be playoff teams. And then the Angels and Houston. Seattle's a little bit cold to start the year 13 and 16. But it looks like you could realistically have nine teams fighting for playoff spots. And then the 10th team would be Boston, who could hypothetically still come back because it's the Red Sox. They do this occasionally. But yeah, it's a very competitive playing field. We we yeah. all kind of thought, oh yeah, they've expanded it to six teams in the American League. The Jays are in no matter what. Well, that's not necessarily the case. The the Jays are in the AL East and they play all these hard teams all the time. And you know the Twins and the White Sox have the the benefit of playing Kansas City and Detroit, whereas the teams in the West they get to play Texas and they get to play Oakland. Whereas you know with the Jays, I'm not sure. I don't even think Baltimore is quite as bad as they used to be anymore. Yeah. And they're going to call up a whole bunch of guys, mid-season top prospects. They're not going to be a supremely easy team to beat. So, yeah, I guess like circling all the way back, you you got these head-to-head games coming up, Yankees and Rays, and you really don't want to fuck them up. Uh, Let's get to the ups, though, for the season so far. Uh, And I love this first one. Let's get some positivity going on this podcast. Yeah, good vibes, good vibes. Last year at this time, literally all we bitched about was the bullpen. And it feels good to not have to bitch about the bullpen. Yeah, the Jays. <laughs> you look at their you look at their run differential. They're 115 runs scored, 125 against. So their Pythagorean wins loss has them at 14 and 16. You'd expect them to be a little under 500 based on the way they played thus far. But their bullpen has won them some games. And I mean, it's not just their bullpen. Obviously, it's the bats too. The bats showed up in these games. Think about you know the opening day start with Barrios melting down, and the the bullpen comes down and comes in and pretty much locks it down for like seven innings after that, eight innings after that. And the bats gives, gives the bats a chance to come back. And then, you know, we had for about a two week stretch there, Jordan Romano pitching literally every day. And at some point these guys are going to burn out. And I think we've seen it a bit recently. Um, guys finally getting tagged for runs like uh, Tim Mesa allows a home run in Cleveland, that kind of thing. But, you know, you can't complain about the bullpen at all. They had guys pitching so, so, so much and they, they got the job done and they've, the Jays are overachieving based on the way they played. And the big reason for that is this bullpen. Second up we got for the season. Uh, we talked about the inconsistent parts of the rotation. Okay. Well, the consistent parts of the rotation have been Kevin Gosman and Alec Manoa and Manoa to me very well might be the biggest positive of the year from the Jays so far, just because again, I had, and whether they were right or wrong concerns, I had concerns to start the year that like, Hey, you, you don't know what you're going to get out of a guy after a strong rookie season. Like, There are a lot of players in all sorts of sports who come on and they burst onto the scene and then they start to fizzle out. Okay. Well, Manoa is not, not fizzling out at all. And I don't think I, at least I don't have any concerns that he will at any point. I think this guy is a legit front of the rotation starter and Kevin Gosman. I mean, people talked about how, you know, how are you going to replace Robbie Ray? Okay. Well, Kevin Gosman looks like a Cy Young winner too now. 
Yeah, Kevin Gosman has pitched better so far this season than Robbie Ray last year, and that is not an indictment against Robbie Ray. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, Robbie Ray had a mediocre Cy Young season." No, he was fucking fantastic last year. But Kevin Gosman's come in; he's been something else, man. Like his ERA 213. <laughs> that's 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 a balloon compared to what his FIP suggests he should be. His fielding independent pitching ERA is 0.73. He's striking out 10.9 guys per nine innings, and he's walking 0.2. He's walked one guy through 38 innings, and he still has yet to give up a home run. And then Manoa, like you said, he you know he comes out guns a blazing last year. You kind of wonder, oh geez, maybe this is like a rookie season sprint. He's got a bunch of testosterone and adrenaline. He's really really in the mix. But no, he's he's been just as good this year, too. He's got a 1.75 year. And then he goes and has a, a difficult outing in Cleveland. And still, like Alec Manoa's version of a bad outing is grinding through five innings and allowing two runs. That's very good. So the fact that the Jays have these two guys at the top is a very big positive. There's been three kind of enigmas behind them, though. I won't. I, I think Ross Stripling has done a very good job. We kind of haven't yes. mentioned him kind of just kind of falls under the radar. I think he's done a good job, too. Um, but at least the very least you have these two, these, these two outings where you're like, okay, like it's, you, you kind of expect to win when Gosman and Manoa are pitching. So knock on wood, nothing happens. And these guys are healthy for the mm-hmm. whole year because that's, that, that, that's a great boon to have. Like I remember in 2020 in the COVID shortened year, Ryu was the only pitcher where you thought they, they can win this game. Uh, every other starter until they got Taiwan Walker at the deadline, every other starter, it was kind of a coin flip. You had Tanner Rourke or chase anderson or fucking thomas hatch or trent thornton or whoever going out and you're like oh geez like (laughs) only one guy in this rotation is anything close to a guarantee now they've got two so that's great yeah that 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 gets a thumbs up for me um all right third up we got is santiago espinal who is the only player in this lineup who has any sort of ability to hit in the clutch Santiago Espinal after one month and i'm looking at baseball reference so uh fan graphs might have something different but whatever Santiago Espinal leads Blue Jays position players and wins above replacement after one month. I don't think. I don't even know how I feel about that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't don't know if anybody would have expected that, but it's, I think it's just, I mean, we can also hand out positives to some other position players and I'll rattle some stuff off quick is George Springer has been great this year and he's been healthy. Knock on wood that that continues. I think Vladdy's been still pretty good. Not quite as good as last year, obviously, but whatever, completely reasonable. Alejandro Kirk, his hitting isn't quite there, but he's been so much better defensively this year than in his first few seasons in the league. So that's great. He's done a really good job compensating for Danny Jansen's injury. But the one who really stands out is Espinal. I mean, for the longest time, he just looked like kind of a guy on the edge of the 40 man roster. Is he an everyday player, a bench guy? Like, you know, is he kind of like a Mike McCoy, John McDonald type? Who is he? But he's turned into a good everyday yeah. player. Like there, there really isn't even much thought about him platooning with Cabin Biggio. If when Cabin Biggio returns from whatever he has going on, um, Espinal has got a 790 OPS and he's struck out 19 times and he's walked 11. Like that's a good rate. And his defense has been sublime. Like, <laughs> I think you can make the argument that the Jays would probably be better off defensively if he's playing short and Bo's playing second. But Oof. the Jays have found themselves, yeah. it looks like, a, a pretty legit player here. And he always seems to come up in the clutch as well. It always seems when they have a rally, Santiago Espinal's in the middle of it. And it's just, it's nice the Jays have gone and found themselves one of these kind of random guys. Like, hitting yeah. on top prospects like Bo and Vlad, that's great. But hitting on these random, under-the-radar no hype prospects is, 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 is a big win. Yeah. I'm with you hundred percent on that one. All right, Coombsy, let's wrap this thing up. 
with our look ahead brought to you by points bet Canada, uh, head over to points bet Canada are the Jays. Ooh, uh, they don't have odds up yet for Tuesday's game, but, uh, when they do, they got a neat little same game parlay thing, actually, that I've been tinkering with. And it's pretty cool how you can like stack up, like Bo to get a hit. Jays to cover the run line and the over. Anyways, I'm going off on a weird gambling tangent. Um, Would you stack those things, really? Oh, getting a hit? Are you sure? Why not? Why not? The payout's (laughs) juicy, Coomzy. Come on. Yeah. Two games (laughs) coming up against the Yankees. It's Kikuchi versus Severino and then Barrios versus Talion. Um, And then you get a day off before heading to Tampa Bay. But this is a big two games. If you get the split, I don't think anyone's going to complain. You absolutely cannot get swept. But when you look at the matchup in that first game of Kikuchi versus Severino, it's kind of like, ooh, game one's going to be like a tough, tough one. And then you're going to need Jose Barrios to come through in game two. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you had um, Kikuchi put up a good start against the Yankees last time around. Can you do that twice in a row? This is going to be the third time the Yanks have seen him end. Severino has technically, I guess, been New York's worst starter. He's got a 3.75 ERA. That's a testament to how good New York's pitching has been. That a 3.75 ERA guy who has a 3.78 FIP, so he's right where you'd expect him to be, is their worst starter. And that's not a bad starter. So the Jays are going to (laughs) need Kikuchi to do what he did last time. Again, that's a big ask. They've seen him three times this year. Barrios, um, I mean, he hasn't really had a great outing yet this year. He's allowed a lot of hard contact. And I guess you just have to, you, you pretty much need to split here. Like this, this whole five game stretch, two with New York, three with Tampa. It sounds lame to say it, but I'm hoping for two wins. I'm hoping for two in the uh, But the last time you were pessimistic of going into a series was against Houston and they rolled over the Astros. So, you know, yep. When, when you don't expect it. Yeah. Maybe, um, <laughs> maybe this is when the bats blow up. Nobody expects maybe. it to happen. They're not going to tee off on two good Yankee pitchers. They're not going to tee off on the rays at the drop. Maybe they will. Who knows? Believe That's in, the be- beauty be- of baseball. Believe in the best, the beauty of baseball. You, you can't predict ball. You never know. The Jays bats are going to wake up when they go to fucking Tampa. They're going to tee off for 37 runs. I love it. All right. Coomsey. Good stuff, my man. You enjoy uh, this quick little two-gamer against the Yankees, and uh, we'll chat again later in the week. Sounds good. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.